so what's really interesting about storytelling is that if I can create a story that's analogous so that it's not completely, I'm not trying to mirror their exact world. Just like when I go home and watch Netflix, I don't want to watch a Netflix show about my job. I want to watch something that is interesting to me, but still is teaching me something about the world. Everybody's got to eat and nobody likes getting sick. That's why heroes toil in the shadows, keeping your food safe at all points, from the supply chain to the point of sale. Join industry veterans Francine L. Shaw and Matt Ragucci for a deep dive into food safety. It all boils down to one golden rule. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. Well, we are very excited to be interviewing Austin at the Food Safety Consortium. I'm positive. I know for sure we've talked about you at least in one episode, but I think we've actually talked about you in a couple episodes and your company and what you do in our podcast so far. So it's awesome to actually hear from the voice, the legend, Austin (laughs) Wells of of Sage Media. Yeah. This is going to be a disappointing interview. (laughs) For whom? (laughs) All right. So Austin, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and and your company and what is what makes you unique in the food safety world? Definitely. Yeah, so I'm one of the co-founders of uh, Sage Media. What makes us unique? It really is, I don't know of any other company doing the kind of work that we do. We're a mix of learning designers and filmmakers and researchers in cognitive science. So we created Sage Media specifically because we saw that there was a lot of training videos out there that just were not very engaging. They weren't very emotional. They were frankly, very cheesy and ineffective. And so my partner and I come from a background in marketing and advertising and storytelling. And we got into learning design about 15 years ago, started to learn to hone our storytelling skills through learning design. And then we've both been filmmakers for the past two decades. So that's been, so we, Sage Media is the the, the combining of all those passions with our passion for research and psychology and sociology leveraging that into learning design and then taking that learning design and finding a way to communicate that information in a story world through these training videos that resemble more of what you would watch on Netflix as opposed to a traditional training film. So and education are very near and dear to my heart and training is so important. And it's something that a lot of companies don't focus enough on, in my opinion, and often don't do it. Well, some don't. So videos, as you said, is something that oftentimes they just don't spend enough time on. And one of the things that I know to be true is if a video is done poorly, or let's take it a step further that if they have that, we talked about PowerPoints in an interview that we did last week, 100 page PowerPoint, people just lose interest. And you have somebody that has a personality similar to mine or probably even Matt's and it's a bad video. All they can focus on is the fact that it's a bad video. (laughs) They're not learning the content. They're not thinking about the content. All they're thinking is, good God, this is a bad video. And And that's the absolute last thing you want your learner doing is picking apart the production value of something. Right. Because that, and we refer to that as training liability, right? Like now the video is not helping you. It's actually hindering the learning. It's doing the exact opposite of what you were hoping it would do. Exactly. So the value of what you do is very important. 
So tell us about, give us a success story. Oh, wow. I would say uh, there's a really cool story. So we do this for multiple industries. Basically, our, our primary work is around culture change and change management initiatives. So anytime a company is looking to make some type of change, that's where our sweet spot is coming in and working with that. And we were doing work for a steel manufacturing company and working on their leadership development program. And probably the coolest thing was that it was a a full day workshop. And after about the first two hours, we went on break and one of the managers walked out and called his employees because he realized what an ass he had been. And (laughs) and, because we had been going through some communication strategies and relationship building and to see this big, tough steel manufacturing dude to see it hit him. I got to fix this now. It can't wait till later. The importance of it hit him immediately. That's what's so cool is that people make that connection and they take action. Wow. Okay. So that's a fascinating and obviously powerful story that I'm hearing right now. Just hearing the story. How did you create the video that, that created that impact? What was the process of doing that? And then Ultimately, what made it hit him so So, so part of the way that we create something that is that engaging is through doing the front-end consulting with the company because we're focused on the company culture. We need to create a story that resonates with that specific company's culture. So that's why we do every piece custom to that company. Most companies buy stuff off the shelf. That's the typically the cheesy stuff that you see. It's a check the box type of thing. It's a going through the motions. We just got to get this done. But whenever we have the opportunity to go into the organization, clarify their exact needs, what the KPIs are looking for, and then do qualitative interviews with the team and the staff to find out what's important to them. What are their values? What are their beliefs? What are the existing norms? These are all the things that we hear in the definition of food safety culture then we get a better idea of what is unique to that organization. And so then we can tailor that message to that company's culture, to what the actual employees value. Because what we found with that steel company was that what they valued was the fact that, yes, I make a commodity that seems very bland, but that commodity is used in these really fascinating ways, right? In ways that benefit humanity, right? So when I would talk to these guys who are doing the steel, the flat roll steel, they wouldn't say I make flat roll steel. They would say, I make the steel that goes in an air conditioner. that's going to keep someone cool in Georgia in August, right? I make the steel that's going to be in the fender in a Volvo that will save someone in a crash. So they had, they already saw the relationship of the importance of what they did. So we just had to speak to that. When you're putting these video or videos together, What does it look like? How long are these videos? What type of culture are you looking to create? What type of change are you looking to manifest? Is it different for every company? And what is the, when you go in, do you see similarities of things that they want to impact? Yeah, definitely. So, so the links completely contingent on how much information we're looking to convey, how much time has been allocated to learning. Some companies, it's it's a very short amount of time. Some companies, we have much more time available to use. So the last food safety culture program we created, it was about a 40-minute film. But that film was broken up into four different modules that were rolled out one module per quarter, right? So they would watch a 10-minute scene and then take an hour 
or an hour and a half to unpack everything that happened within that story world because we start to set up, well, here's what's at stake for these characters. Here's how it impacts their work. And then they come back in Q2 and they'll watch like a previously on, like you see on TV, right? A little 90 second recap to remind them of what happened in the last time. And then they'll watch the next module. So one of the things that we try to focus on is breaking these up into smaller modules. But the overall story could be as short as five minutes, or it could be as long as 40 minutes. When we're doing a 40-minute piece, we were working on food safety culture that needed to speak to the finance team, mergers and acquisitions, procurement, R&D, frontline. So we wanted to be able to make sure that it spoke to the entire audience of the organization. Well, and by taking the time to do the research, making it personal, making it relatable, you get their buy-in. Definitely. And that's the thing that we're looking for, because when they're watching it, I want them to become absorbed in the story, not picking apart the production, like you said, watching it and going, this is so hokey. Or we've had issues in the past where we've done safety training films, like physical safety, and they look at the old video and they go, well, the guys in that video wear red heart hats and we wear yellow. And they go, that's not us. And so, so what's really interesting about storytelling is that if I can create a story that's analogous so that it's not completely, I'm not trying to mirror their exact world. Just like when I go home and watch Netflix, I don't want to watch a Netflix show about my job. I want to watch something that is interesting to me, but still is teaching me something about the world. So in the companies that are doing this, it's, it's a real sense of, I feel like I'm selling your product here. <laughs> Sell away. <laughs> I've become your salesperson here. <laughs> it's a real sense of pride and ownership for them to do that because they care about their product. They care about their people. And that's why they're doing this. I'm real frustrated with something that I'm working with right now. And it's because the video is, dear God, probably 20 years old. We're supposed to be selling this video and it's in good conscience. I can't sell this video. We tell the people this video is old. The information in this video is not accurate. We can sell it to you. We don't recommend it because it's outdated information and we can't get them to make a new video. And it's tough when companies don't see the value in doing that. This is one of the things we've talked about over the past 10 years of being in business is that if we could bottle up the feeling that a client has after they've seen the finished product and show that to a prospect, because it, it's almost like they have to work with us to see actually how cool it is at the end. But yeah, there, there's finding a way to remove the detrimental learning media, right? What you're talking about, like it has to go because it's doing more damage than it is good. To do nothing is better than doing something terrible. <laughs> and, and, I've, and, and we've told that to clients who we actually went through the needs analysis and we said, here's the budget for the program. And they go, well, we have half of that. What could we do there? And it's then just don't do it. This is the recommendation because it's so hard to, for lack of a better word, half-ass it. Right. Yeah. If it's if we're talking about lowering recalls or lowering attrition rates or these things that cause companies to just hemorrhage money, as long as we can find the, the ROI on it, which we always can, then make the investment. It, it says it, it is an investment. I look at it as almost like amortizing your mortgage is like this is what it's going to cost. But this training material will last you 10 years. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, because obviously this I'm 
guessing the 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 training material that that you're creating, the videos you're creating, are not like you want to heat the product to this temperature over this period of time. It's more altering, uh, it's change management, it's culture and stuff like that. What are the shelf life for videos that you create versus the other ones, which obviously we understand the shelf life of those are as long as the regulation is, right? Or, or the process is, then obviously that needs to be changed. But when you're talking change management and culture, what are the shelf life on the type of videos that you create? Is it like they can continue using it for a decade or is it more like a year or two or what? So we started the company in 2014 and I haven't had a client retire a program yet. Wow. And it, well, again, it would depend on what, you know, again, what the product is, because if we're talking about something with regulations and things like right. that, you know, it's going it to be a lot faster, but like right. the culture thing. Right. The cultural. Yeah. Typically the, when we're talking about food safety, culture change, it's not procedure based. So our sweet spot is focusing more on soft skills, which is timeless. Right, the soft skill stuff is is really not going to change. It's around communication, relationship building, critical thinking. That's really what we're honing in on with the storytelling aspect is getting people to engage in a story and think critically about, okay, this happened in this fictitious world. How could this happen in my own world and within my own role? And that's why we keep pushing the boundaries on how far we can go with our storytelling. There was a, a company we were working with, a sales organization, and I pitched a Western to them because I was like, hey, you're talking about ultimately times are changing. Sales process is different than what it used to be. And your sales team needs to learn how to build these relationships. Well, let's look at the changing times from the 1870s and how and mirror that within a story world. Right. So in order to get these companies to, you know, work with you to believe what you're saying, clearly they have to they have to trust you mm -hmm. and your abilities. For me, as a producer of creative media, it's getting a product out on budget and on time. That's my biggest thing, avoiding scope creep, because we see that happen so much in the industry. So trusting that we can get the project done on time and within budget, I think, is the biggest thing. And we, we have all those testimonials from previous clients who can attest to, yep, Sage Media always gets it done on time. It's always on budget. There's no hidden fees or scope creep or anything like that. Because that's the, to me, those are the biggest hangups within the learning and film production industry. Right. It's like building a house or anything like that where you're like, or building a website or whatever, branding. You're like, oh, okay, just tack 50% on and another year and then you'll have it done correctly. But so you're saying, and I could see how that would be an issue in terms of filming. So that's awesome that, that you're doing that. What is your favorite thing about Food Safety Consortium and where do you see opportunities for improvement for this conference? So this is my first time out here. I would say my favorite thing about it is actually the size. I typically go to the larger conferences. And what's really cool is that over the past couple of days, I've walked past every person in here and can now recognize them. And for me, as someone who's not super comfortable just drumming up random conversations with people, it makes it a lot easier because I've at least made eye contact with them at some point in time. The topics are great. I love that they blended cannabis into this because that's an industry that I'm, I have a lot of interest in and I know very little about. Being in Colorado, it's obviously a really big industry in our state. How to make it better? Man, I would say... The, so the, the cannabis talks that I did go to, I, I think there could be a little bit more in depth. 
That's, I would have liked a little bit more in-depth information. And maybe that's just the state of the industry because it is a nascent industry. But I would say that's probably been my only my only room for improvement comment is that I would have liked to just seen a little bit more meat to the cannabis talks. Oh, awesome. Some advice for you. Don't eat poop. Duly noted. <laughs>